Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. One more week. We have truly, truly made it. It's been a very interesting week. And I will say a very long, long week. There's just literally no way around that. It's been a long week. But if you have children like I do, we are in spring break. So we've had a couple days this week of spring break. We have a couple more days of next week with spring break and Spring break is a completely different, you know, normally, I wouldn't say normally, but we were trying to make our new tradition of visiting my grandmother, her birthday's in April, seeing her during that time, it kind of usually either before or after, you know, Easter. So these last two years have been very strange because again, COVID has stopped the ability to visit. She will be vaccinated soon and I've already been vaccinated I have to just wait my two week incubation time and then I should be good to go, but I'm good to go. But you know, obviously using wisdom, I'm not suggesting that once you get your second shot that she should just be out here in these streets. Anybody who has been listening to this podcast knows that is not how I operate in life anyway. But welcome. If this is your first time with Conversations with Toy, please do not make it your last. Take off your shoes if you're at home and you're comfortable and you're getting relaxed Get your favorite drink because again, we try to keep this space as extremely safe as possible when you're listening to it. I always like to give trigger um, alerts if there's anything that I believe can be completely triggerish. I do believe anything that we talk about could possibly be a trigger, but when I know for a fact that it's something that could go left or right, I try to do my best to give a trigger warning because again, you know, protecting what you're listening to, protecting what you're hearing and is so important especially when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about self-care that kind of go together. So be very careful about the things that you entertain, the things that you're watching, the things that you're listening to, because again, it all ties together and making sure that you have a healthy mindset at the way that you look at things, the way that you see things, the way that you hear things, they matter. So what is going on for this week? Well, first of all, if you celebrate today is also Good Friday. We know that Easter is going to be on Sunday. People have their various reasons if they celebrate or if they don't. And the level of celebration, you know, I grew up again, I've said this plenty of times as a PK. So Good Friday was the day where we were off of school, but we were right there in church and we, you know, we were in church on Friday and then Saturday was composed of, you know, choir rehearsals and getting ready. We did like uh, Sunday school plays. And so we had to get rehearsed for that. And then Sunday was an all day affair. You were the best of whatever you were going to wear. And you showed up and you had morning service, which was long as I don't know what you got together with extended family. And then Sunday night, you was right back at the church so that you can do the plays that you have been rehearsing. As a kid, I wrote a lot of plays. Surprising, right? You might have not even considered that. But again, writing a play, it's it's writing. So for me, writing is important no matter what the genre. And so yeah, I used to write plays and produce them and all that great stuff, which we would call now as producing. Back then, I just was like, Oh, you know, I, you know, I'm just this is what I'm doing. 
But according to the standards that we have now, I would be considered a, a, a producer of a play as well as a director of a play as well as a writer of a play and sometimes as well as being a character in a play. So you know, wearing many hats. And again, nobody kind of fine tuned those skills when I was younger to show me like, okay, this is what you're doing. This is how this could be used in the future. So I, I kind of hope that young people are getting exposed to the art so they can see how they can use certain smaller skills, you know, even as much as writing a play for your church can really turn out to be something big. Look at Tyler Perry. You know, everybody used to talk about how he was writing the Chitlin circuit plays where basically it was black plays that he was going around and doing but the reality of it is is that those plays have now made him a billionaire and again we know money doesn't matter for every little thing but money is nice because you need things in life but he put his work in he put his time in against all criticism and he's doing what he needs to be doing another uh holiday for today again and if you've listened to this first time, I love national holidays. I could tell you the national holidays for all kinds of things. First of all, we're starting the second quarter of the year. Um, and this is a new month, April 2nd. We're still very early in the, you know, the month of April. And there's a lot of month long um, things to pay attention, like National Poetry Month, National Welding Month, and most importantly, Stress Awareness Month. Stress Awareness Month. So I'm going to, again, we've been every, just about every episode talking about the things that I personally have done for self-care for the week, and we will get to that. But stress can kill. Stress can kill because it weighs on your mental, then the mental weighs on your emotion. The emotional weighs into your eating, which then comes into your physical. It's literally all tied together. And sometimes I don't think we take that into consideration about how our body works from head to toe, but it's a very real, very serious situation. We have to be fully aware of what we're thinking, how that comes out, out of our body, what we're putting into our body, the things that we're eating, the things that we're drinking, all of these things really do matter. So uh, we're going to talk a lot about stress awareness, because I want you to be more aware of the things that you might even think they're super small, like, you know, I'm a perfectionist, I should I say a recovering perfectionist. All my life as a kid, I was always used to getting 4.0s and, you know, always being the teachers, I don't want to call it a teacher's pet. But being the type of person everyone would call on and always being on and perfect and making sure everything looked a certain way. But I've gotten a long way from that. You know, when you fail and you've made a thousand one mistakes, you don't have time to worry about whether or not something is perfect. And nine times out of ten, if you're already doing the most, then the things that you're doing is not perfect anyway. But sometimes you carry that into your adulthood and it shows up in different ways. So we have to just be aware, aware of that. So today we're going to talk about um, reconciliation, which is really the art of forgiving and how to move in that space. Um, it's very important that even though it is National Reconciliation Day, um, we just want to make sure that we talk about how do you heal from the point of when you've been hurt by someone. I've had this happen so many times. I'm going to talk from my own personal experience. Again, I try to do my best to make sure that I don't include the specifics of other people's story into my story, but I can only talk about it from my perspective and the things that I've done. And hopefully that it resonates with you to help to give you some hope of how you would want to pursue or persist or desist because you might want to stop a situation, you might be all the way done. I've had moments like that, we're going to talk about that as well. Because reconciling is a very tricky situation. It's not a black and white, it's so much gray. And what part of gray that matters to you most will be the side that you stick on the most. So we'll get right into that conversation so that we can just have a really authentic conversation about what it is to reconcile with someone to forgive them. And what does reconciliation means? It means so many different things on so many levels. And it definitely depends on the level of relationship that you have with the person, the level of respect 
that you have for that person and whether or not you want to, you know, step back or you want to push through. So let's get right into it. All right. So to forgive someone, you know, I always talk about the fact that even as an adult, there have been plenty of times when I've done dishonorable things to other people, to situations. And so I always ask myself, what level of forgiveness do I want from other people? I think it's very human to say that, of course, you want to be forgiven. But as I've gotten older, I realized that the desire of wanting to be forgiven for the things that we have done also has to be balanced with the thought process and knowledge that depending on the degree of what I've done to someone, they may not be in the same place of forgiveness. It's easier for me, the one who's been aggressive, the one who's made the disconnect, the one who's made the problem to want to forgive or want to be, I want to say, be more forgiving quicker. Because again, when someone tells you that they forgive you in, in the back of your mind, the hope is that you don't lose ground right? You don't lose the level of relationship, the level of respect is still the same. And you're able to, even if it's a slow walk, forge either the same level of relationship or form another level of relationship that may become a little more, it may even be better, I should say, than the relationship that you had before. A lot of that takes time to think about when you think about the relationship and the status that you have with a person. I've had friends or I would, you might even want to call them strong acquaintances where it wasn't a big deal for me if I, if my relationship with them didn't stand because my respect level, I always give people the utmost respect. You know, you can give a stranger, you know, respect, but when you have the choice to make a personal connection with a per with other people, you then get to call the shots on the level of respect that you see in that person. I've had people I'm sure that could come out the woodworks and say, I have no level of respect for her. There's nothing that I find valuable in having a relationship with her. And by her, I mean me. And I know I can say the same. I don't always feel that when we're talking about forgiveness, that we have to take out the fact that you are going to count up the cost of, do you believe that the relationship one is salvageable or do you love this person enough? Do you have a high regard for them? I've got into it with certain family members in the past. And there was just at points, I just didn't see the value in pursuing anything further, meaning I can't stop the fact that I'm related, I can't stop the relation and how the relationship became, because family is what it is. However, I can, and this is the, this is the double edged sword of forgiveness is that I can forgive you, but I don't have to sit underneath your table. I don't have to be entertained by you or entertain you. I, I know I grew up in a church where everyone thinks that once you say that you forgave someone that you asked for someone to forgive, or you're seeking forgiveness is that this level of, okay, I've asked for forgiveness, I'm seeking this level of forgiveness. And now we need to just pursue things and just keep it moving. Keep it moving for me usually means for me to separate and detach. It's easier for me to detach from somebody. And I went to counseling and got this understanding because again, you know, when I was younger, you know, my mom, she was a single mom, things worked out. Sometimes things didn't work out. You know, we've moved so many times as a child. So I never really, I'm not going to say never because there's a couple of friends that I actually have written down that I'm trying my best to try to relocate them. And 
but we were young. I'm talking about like first grade, kindergarten, second grade, but I remembered their first and last name very vividly. I don't know if I would be able to recognize them if I saw them, because again, the memory that I have of them is we were both, you know, younger. But I say all of that to say, if you don't see the value in pursuing this continued relationship, what are you going to do with that? Right. And I think sometimes people think that their title and gives this, this level of entitlement that you're supposed to continue to work things out. I've been on both sides of the, of that coin. I've been on the side where I've wanted that to happen. And somebody has told me basically kick a rock and I'm done. Right. And it hurts. Right. It's a shell shock. It's hurtful. You feel like you said all the right things. You said you feel like you're attempting to do all the right things. But again, we have to remember we're on the other side where we're trying to get back. So I have taken my own personal journey, which is I'm still like a continual journey on this thought process of reconciling this coming back together, this making things better or coming together and trying to make things work out. And I always ask myself when I, when this situation comes, cause it's happened. If I work things out, what, what is the benefit of that? And there's been times, unfortunately, where the benefit for me just did not outweigh for me to continue the level of relationship. Again, I'm always doing my best to find a way to forgive. I have not been so shell shocked to hurt that I'm on a, in a place where I'm dark and I can't forgive. And I've, you know, not now I have been in that place before, but reconciling with someone, working things out, talking to someone, entertaining someone, it's just not something that's on the top of my list sometimes. And I have to be honest with that because again, I think we are so conditioned to just say, oh, if I forgive you, if I love you, then I would just forgive. I mean, and to me, you have to have a level of, it doesn't matter what relationship it is, you have to have a level of what are your deal breakers, right? You know, we hear so many couples, you know, they've been married for 50 plus years and they've stayed and they've endured. And you're like, man, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work to have endured through, but I'm of the premise that you still should have a level of your deal breakers. And I think that even in non non romantic relationships, we have to do the same. If I have a friend who's consistently doing the most and my deal breaker is I'm not taking, can't do another further with this friend because of how they're acting, how they're, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. It's not in my personal benefit for me to feel like I need to continue to push for this relationship to basically work out in the same level. So you really need to think about that when you have situations where someone has disrespected you have hurt you and again sometimes we bring in this level of of pain that has nothing to do with what that person has done so we may then make them the holder of the of the of the issues if I have a family member who has said something to me and again I've been in a situation before but really it's this that's the surface situation but deep down it's because I felt whatever level of disrespect it's going to boil down to the level of relationship that I see with them. What benefit do I have? 
And I know that there are so many people that would tell you that that is a wrong mindset to have that if you want to be forgiven, you must also forgive. And I think that's a very true thing. You cannot continue to be a type of person that's always being offensive and offending and then wanting, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation that you're not willing to give. I do believe that. I believe that we should be able to give, especially the things that we want to receive from someone else. We have to be that first example of that. Then is the flip of, well, do I continue? Do I talk? Do I call first? Do I tech first? These are things that you have to decide. If that person is on a deal breaker and has pushed one of your deal breaker buttons and has broken that deal breaker, a deal breaker means this is non-negotiable. I'm not willing to take a, a hit on my piece. I am not willing to take a hit on the way that I'm being loved. I'm not willing to take a hit on the way that I'm being treated. That to me is a deal breaker. And someone is breaking those deal breakers. You have a right to put up that standard and live and stand by that standard. And you can forgive. I always say to people, if someone, I don't know, threw something at my car or something like that, I can talk and say my piece from across the street, right? And I think even with social distancing, we've understand that, right? You can have a conversation with someone and talk to them from across the street. You don't have to be directly into their presence for them to feel that you either care about them or not, or that you're willing to make things work. So be very careful on how people are always going to be making sure that you do the most, that you stand up the most, and you make these different requirements that other people are just not going to be willing to do. Reconciliation, working together, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of faith, it takes a lot of trust. And sometimes trust can be broken. And yes, it can be built up. But the relationship is like when you break a cup. I am a mug person. I love mugs. I can have a mug for every little thing. But once my mug is broken, even if you super glue it back, and even if it holds to somewhat degree level of what it did before, that broken cup will never be the same. It will not look the same. It will not drink out the same. It doesn't hold well in my hand the way that the other one, you know, the way it did it before it broke. Same thing with relationships. When relationships break, you can come together. You can try to make it work. You can super glue it. You can even get down to the deep of the surface and have conversations and go through all these different levels. But that relationship may not look the same. It may not be held in the same regards. It also may not feel the same. When I go to talk to that person, our relationship and disconnect may not always be there. And can it get there? Yes, but it takes two people to make sure that it does. And it takes a lot of work. And sometimes it takes distance, which I talked about last week or thinking last week or the week before about my issues with the silent treatment, that space in between a relationship, I'm not good with. And so once we get to that level, it's easier for me to walk away. Because I, I, like most people do not feel like at this point in our lives, we have to struggle to make a relationship work right? In your 20s, you believe that everything is invincible, that relationships are invincible, and that they will carry on and they will never break and they will never have a breakup and everything will just go and flow to the next level and then continue from there. When you get a little older, and you start looking at stuff, you know that that's not true. Things don't always flow that way. There are things that happen that literally will break. It's like a veil and it just will break and separate who's on what side. And that's just where I'm at with that. And, and you may be feeling the same way where you feel like, okay, I have forgiven this person. I have love for them, but I can love them from over here and I can forgive them from over here. And I don't have to entertain them or be entertained by them because sometimes we, people want us to do that. And it's just so that they feel better about what happened. 
they want to feel better about what's happening, what they have done, what they have said. And so they need you to grant them that. Now, I'm not the type of person through again, I want to say this again, through therapy, it took a lot of therapy for me to be at this place where I can even stand in five seconds of maturity and give people and grant people the peace and love that they're not willing to give to me. Because I already know that for me, it's going to matter most about how I handle the situation. And it's not as much as the actual situation. So for instance, I've had a situation again, family members can always pluck you no quicker than anybody else, where I had to just say, listen, I'm going to grant this love and peace to you, even though you're nowhere near the level of your, you're not at the same place where you're doing the same for me, but I have to give that to you and still watch you from afar, but give that to you. Cause that's a gift. Sometimes forgiveness is a gift. That's why we shouldn't use it so, so randomly and so raggedly where we just do things and say things and hurt people and then expect, like, I think it's the audacity. It's like, it's the audacity for me, for us to continue to do things to people and then expect for them to never have a response. And then when they don't have the right response, you want to tell somebody well, your response is wrong. Like, yeah, it's wrong because of what I'm, I'm responding to what happened. That is human nature. I don't think we're going to get around that. That is absolutely human nature. So again, we are going to talk about, you know, with Easter coming up this weekend and because I'm a PK, grew up, grew up in the church my entire life. It's easy for everyone to say, well, you know, Jesus died on a cross for our sins and he did that so that we can have a greater life. And I believe that. But... In the same token, I also believe that he gave us wisdom and how we should be walking this earth. And I don't believe that we need to be wasting our minutes. And I know years are like minutes to God for us to use those, use those minutes to, to just say and do anything that we want to other people. So if anything, if someone would ask me how I feel about reconciliation, I'm going to clearly say that it depends on the level of relationship and whether or not I'm willing to fight for that relationship. I knew that I was ready to marry my husband because I was willing and ready to do what was necessary to make our relationship work. And he was willing to do the same. See, we've had times in our relationship when it wasn't always like that. You know, when you don't, and you're not on an eye to eye or you can't see eye to eye with that other person, you have to really think about, is this person really worth this fight? In my 20s, I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. So he was willing and, you know, but you're also willing to be dumb and willing to do the most and willing to argue and willing to look a fool because you're 20. And then as I gotten older, you know, and again, a lot of it has to do because we're equally fit. We're, we're at the moment where we know and we're on the same team. I didn't always see my husband as the same team on the same team. I know we were supposed to be that, right? I know appearance, we were supposed to look that way. We're supposed to hold it down. We're supposed to be there for each other. You know, if something was to happen to him, I would be right there to take care of him and do whatever, you know, whatever's necessary without a problem. But when you don't see an eye and eye and see your, your husband or your wife as a, as a real team mate equal, it's a dangerous situation. Because you make decisions that does that don't affect that person because you're only seeing it through the eyes of what you want. And to me, that feels like a selfish moment of which if you thought about this and this is the way that you were feeling, you really have to figure this out. Are you already and, and willing to make the marriage work if you're only seeing yourself as one entity? 
and you're not even considering the, the, the feelings and the likes and the wants and the desires of your, of your partner. You have to be willing to see that. You have to be willing to do that. It's like super important. There has been, and I must talk about this now. I know this seems like way left, <laughs> like it's like in left field, but it's not. So there is Chauvin Chauvin. He is the police officer that is responsible for George Floyd's death. And the trial has been extremely hard to watch. Now I'm going to be honest. I've been trying to watch bits and pieces or I try to get a recap because I am in the house with my children and it's a lot. And I know that that means I'm being selfish in my thought process, but I just believe that self-care and knowing what you can take in and what you can't take in is important. So for me, I don't need to spew that anger onto my children. So I try to, if I am going to watch, I tr again, try to catch up at nighttime when my children have gone to bed so that again, I can give them my best. And it's hard to just fathom and see the things that were said, the things that had transpired and how much worse that I didn't even realize. I'm sure a lot of us didn't realize how bad the situation really was to hear George Floyd begging for his life and already saying, please don't shoot me. This was way before it even escalated to the level that it did. That's been hard. So I just want to say that I'm putting this out on this on this podcast only because I know that a lot of us and because I talk about mental health and I talk about self-care, a lot of us are very interested in the facts and the things that went down and we're interested in what's being said and what's going to happen. But I would just strongly suggest that we make sure that we put checks and balances on what we're listening to, what we're taking in and how much of it that we're taking in. I'm a full component of a person that knows when my limitation has been reached and when I need to just let some things go. And that took a while for me to get there. But now that I'm here, I'm staying there. So even with the case, if it's as monumental as it is, and as dangerous as this, as this trial can be, you know, we've had many a times, plenty of times, when there's been trials and, and police officers have been on trial and they have gotten off and it has been an uproar. But I just believe that the level of craziness that is bound to happen in just about every city in America, just like it did when we, and I say we, because we as a people marched all summer long, I just see this being way worse than this. So my heart really does go out to, you know, George Floyd's family and my heart goes out to the to the world because this is you know everybody's watching to see what's going to happen and my biggest fear is that we're going to find ourselves in an increased situation that we had in the summertime if not more so I just wanted to say that because I always talk about self-care and managing your life I just want to make sure that if you need to take a break if you need to say I can't watch today I'll catch up with it tomorrow do whatever is important. We need to keep making sure that we say that because sometimes we just, we want people to be on go. I don't understand this mentality where we want people just to continue, continue, continue. There's no breaks. There's no stops. There's no anything. We just need to stop putting this type of undue pressure on people and especially people in our own circle. I wanted to talk about, again, when I was talking about self-care, I was trying to figure out what are the three or four things that worked for me this week? One of those things was I just had to keep telling myself that as much as I put these little schedules together, they're my schedules, right? It's not like I'm under a situation where my boss is telling me I have to do a certain thing by a certain time in a certain way. 
I'm legit being the one that makes the calls and decisions about what it is that I want to put out, how often and what time and where. So I had to just relax my thought process that my schedule should look a certain way because no one benefits from that. My family will not benefit from that extra level of stress that I'm feeling because if I'm not careful, I'm liable to take it out on them. Or they're just able to pick up on the fact that they can tell that something is wrong. So I have been telling myself that I can call the shots and this is where I want it to be so I can call the shots. And if I need to move some things and adjust some things, then that's perfectly fine. So that was just being aware of what it is that I need and what time I need it. And then being aware of just letting it go so that like, again, I can be who I need to be and do the things that I need to do. So that has been my first go-to. The second thing that I have been doing for self-care is I have been writing in my journal. I just got a new one. I know I get one like all the time. Um, I actually just got a one from my, one of my best friends. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had went out to dinner and she got me one. So I've been using that. And then I got another new one through another company and trying to decide, okay, I'm going to use this one for this and use that for that. But for me, I know that we have phones. I know we have technology, but for me, it's still writing things down, writing the plans out, being very meticulous about what it is that I need to accomplish and knowing exactly where I want to be and writing those things down for me is just everything. I have to be able to write things down to make that goal. I think I make it more solidified by writing it down. I make it more solidified by getting up every morning and looking at it, seeing what's on the horizon. What do I need to get accomplished? So those are just types of things that I have that have helped me. I'm still listening to podcasts. I know I'm a podcaster, but I love listening to other people. They have their own ability to just bring life to whatever it is that they're talking about. I just enjoy it, especially if I'm working out or if I'm just chilling on the couch or whatever it is that I'm doing. I just enjoy making sure that I'm listening to podcasts and making sure that if I am listening to one, that there's something that I want to get out of it. If it's nothing but humor, you know, because we can laugh. It doesn't have to, everything does not have to be super serious. So right off the top, those have been the things that I've been paying attention to when it comes to my self-care and taking care of my hair. I have been very much in tune of taking care of my hair. I think this is the first time since I've gone natural in the four years that I've been natural that I have been learning the process in which to do my hair in different styles and the things that I need and the patience to have to get that done. It takes a lot of patience to keep your hair natural. And I don't want to deter anyone who may be deciding if natural hair is for them. I think that's a personal decision, but I will say that health care care is self-care. Is it a form of self-care, taking care of your hair and then taking a the time out because when I rush through doing my hair, to me, sometimes everybody's like, oh, I love your hair. And I get that. But there's just those times when I slow it down a little bit and really put an extra energy into it. And then I just feel like even if no one said anything like, oh, your hair is cute. I feel amazing knowing that I put love back into my hair, that I've taken time out with my hair and that I've actually taken the time to do it, you know, to wash my hair, just to even do a, a, a wash and go can take up to 30 to 45 minutes just to set it the way I want it to set. We're not even talking dry time. My hair is extremely thick. So self-care for me, those have been the my go-tos for the week. Um, what are your goals? For what have been your self-care? And if you can't name one thing that you've done for self-care, then that means you need to practice self-care, that you're not doing enough to dig deep into yourself. A lot of times people think that self-care means, again, these long bubble baths, which can be self-care. They feel amazing. 
or getting your nails done or, you know, I don't know, going to get their, you know, get a facial. Those are things that I consider to be general upkeep of your body. But when you're talking about putting yourself first and thinking about what it is that you need so that you can continue on, you need to consider that every single day. Like ask yourself what it is that you need that you can make things better for yourself, better for the moves that you want to make, better for where you want to be in life, for what goals you may be accomplishing. Like it's up to you to think about what you actually need and it will change. It may vary. It may vary even from moment to moment. But we need to be more mindful of ourselves and mindful of other people around us. I saw a meme that said, and I know this to be true, like I believe in it 100% that men have to be the catalyst for making sure that they provide a home by which their children can see them loving them. But they flipped that meme and said, children also need to see women loving their husbands or their partners or their boyfriends or whoever it is that there are in their life so that we can teach young children as well. The same way we're teaching them to love, you know, to look at the love that um, a male partner may have for the female partner, and either female to female, male to male is your call. But in the same token, we have to reverse it so that kids can see that talking to someone with respect matters too. We can't be just screaming and going off a deep end because we're upset and we're angry. Like we have to show purpose into the things that we're saying and then take the time to show love and concern because the worst thing you can do is talk raggedy to your partner in front of your children. First, it loses ground with you as a parent. They don't respect or trust the things that you're saying is what it's supposed to be. Number two is detrimental to their health as a, as a person that they grow up thinking that this is normal and that's not. So let's just think about that because again, we need to be taking care of ourselves in every single way. As so many people all around the world are preparing for Easter, again, the level of where and how you celebrate Easter will depend upon your personal preferences. I know for a fact that there are going to be a lot of parents that are going to be like me, that are going to be holding on with the thread of the thinnest thread that they could ever find. I know that we as parents kind of put that pressure on ourselves to make sure that certain holidays are quote unquote special, that they have so much meaning and that they're just the certain way. And I too will do the same in my own way. However, this year I have decided to self-care in the prepping of Easter and for me, I have been making sure that I took care of outsourcing for Easter. This year, I decided to go with a woman-owned business, Kelly Candy in Collingdale, Pennsylvania, which is about not even a full 10 minutes from my house. And I have decided to buy and purchase Easter baskets that are already made through them so that I can just do a pickup and keep it moving. I spent so many years ordering all this candy and things that I wanted to go into the baskets, putting them together because again, I do believe in, in personal touch. However, when I talk about self-care, I don't think people realize how much self-care can be with just outsourcing. And sometimes for me, I have found that it has been a beautiful thing to have someone else come in and help me do the things that need to get done. I have done the, the some of the little things that I like to do as far as like get little uh, rabbit paws and put them all through the house going to wherever their presents are. Those are things I'm going to never stop doing. Well, I won't say never, but there's a good chance I'm going to be doing them for a long time. 
However, something as small as getting someone else to make the basket isn't going to make or break the situation or make the, the Easter any less special. So I will be picking those up <laughs> because I just don't feel like taking the hours that it takes to get this together. And again, it's not that I don't love my children enough to do it, but I have a lot of things that I would like to get done. And one of those things that I would like to be able to get done is to get some sleep. Sleep is a form of self-care. I said this before, I've said this a couple of weeks ago, but it's very much a self-care um, necessary, ne- necessary, necessary. Why well, I keep saying it? Necessity. And I don't want to be up till two, three in the morning trying to stuff and put these things together because, you know, when you have children like mine who are a little older, they don't go to sleep right away. They want to just be up. They want to just look around. They want to ask a thousand and one questions. They are fully aware of what Easter is truly about. However, as a parent, I don't have any problems with giving them an Easter basket. My kids will probably be the only 17, 18 year olds that have Easter baskets because that's just what I feel. So, yeah, I plan to get pick up those baskets and put them where I need to put them but when it comes to setting everything up I just want to put that stuff on the table decorate it really really nice put the paws down the Easter bunny paws get a glass of wine take a shower and go to bed that is what I would love to have happen and I'm going to try to do my very best to make it happen I've already done the hardest part, which is to order it. And I'll just have to pick this up and keep it pushing. Because again, I don't want to spend my whole weekend trying to prep for Easter. It's already going to be enough drama trying to get these kids to color the eggs. It's going to be enough to try to do the Easter egg hunt on Sunday. Um, And when I do it with us, it's just our family. And by our family, it just means those who live in our house for obvious reasons. But just trying to get those little things done, I'm already going to need to dip my feet in the um, pool of patients all weekend long. I do not plan to torture myself in any means by trying to do the most. So to any parent that are like me and decide that you're going to do the same, kudos to you. Do whatever is going to make you be comfortable, be happy and get the job done. I used to be so concerned about making sure that I was the one who had to do every little thing and every aspect of the way. However, that's just not the way that um, anyone really should be living where you put this undue pressure on yourself to produce. I'm going to produce. It's going to get done, but it just has does not have to get done by my personal hands. And I know that we were just celebrating Women's History Month, but I'm always about celebrating women all year round. And if I can put business into a local company, this is a very, very local company. They have been in existence for over 20 something years, I believe. And the pandemic, I'm sure, has put everybody in the up and down situation of whether or not they're going to be able to sustain their business. So for me, I'm putting into a woman owned business. You know, when you do, you know, smaller business and y'all know how I feel about Target, right? Me and Target is Bay. Like Target is Bay and I'm here for Target and that's just the store I go to. I know everybody don't feel the same way about Target and that's that's your business. Do what you gotta do. But for me, I am here team Target all the way. However, as much as I can give Target my money, I can also make sure that I can find a small owned business to support. I can find a women owned business to support. I can find a black owned business support. I can just make sure that I put the money back into my community and the surrounding communities near me. And that is what I am choosing to do. When you say that you support women owned business specifically, you got to make sure that you support with your coin because it takes coins to make a business work. I know that. 
you know that we all know that. So that is what I'm going to be doing. And I'm proud. Like I have no qualms about pulling up curbside and letting them baskets go right in that back seat and keep it pushing at all. So that is the goal. That is the what I'm going to be taking care of. And I'm here for it. I'm supporting a business. I'm getting what I need for the children. I can then finish putting my final touches and then I can go somewhere and relax too. Like I want to be able to enjoy my children. When I was thinking about how my oldest would be 12 this year, that lets me know I only have what five more grades to go. And then she's going to be at least old enough to make the decisions that affect her. And I want to make sure that I'm giving her as much of myself as I possibly can. And I want to make sure that I'm giving her as much as I can just in general, like with life and, you know, trying to get her to figure out her own mindset. I am not trying to change or make my kids think a certain way. I know I grew up that way, but that's just not what I'm where I'm at. I want to hear what they think. I want to see what their brain is telling them. I want to see what they feel when they're feeling it. Because again, these are the decisions when they're feeling these certain things, when they're going through what they're going through, it determines how they make a decision. So I want to just not, I don't want to tell her what to say. I don't want to tell her what to do. I want to just be a guidance. Now, don't get it twisted. I don't mean she's running my house. I don't mean she's telling me where she's going to go. It does not mean that it's a mutual respected relationship. And I want to make sure that I'm there to guide her so that she can able to learn how to listen to what her actual voice is. How do we just make kids voices our voices and then tell them to think for themselves? Like make that make sense. You won't allow them to make a decision that affects them. And within reason, let's be quick. Let's be real within reason. And then we tell them, think for yourself. When are we putting them in the power to think for themselves? Right. So again, that is the hope that I am making sure that I find the way to focus on the things that matter. It does not matter that I'm not specifically putting the baskets together. What does matter is that I provided baskets for them just as a trinket and showing them that they're loved. The most important part is that I can spend time playing with them or watching them do their um, eggs and color and relax. Those are the things that I just choose to be more aware of. And that is the time because again, we think self-care is supposed to be this big bubble bath, this big facial this big whip to do but sometimes self-care in my like in my position is just saying no I don't want to do that I want to do something different I want to do it and do it this way because it's easier I want to work smarter and not harder we say that but we, we have got to stop adding to our plate when it's unnecessary because who has the time for you to add extra things to your plate that you then have to come back and figure out where it has to go like that's actually double the work for yourself so that is what I'm going to be doing. So shout out to Kelly Candies. I will be there. I will call and get everything situated so I can do my quick pickup. Now, because uh, Easter is on the horizon, if you are going to, if you ever are going to order anything, whether it be for Christmas, whether it be for a birthday and anniversary, please do not wait until the very, very, very last minute and then get mad that the stuff that you want is not available. I've already put my order in. I just literally have to pick it up. And I will actually just call to make sure everything's on the up and up. But I am not the like last minute person. I find that oftentimes when you do things as the last person, as the last minute, what happens is everything and everything is going to go completely wrong. And who has time for that extra level and drama? So I have done my due diligence. Everything should be ready to go. And that is going to be self-care as we go into the Easter weekend, because these kids are going to be hopped up on all kinds of candy. I'm personally making um, a two layer cake, a lemon cake. So we got all these different sweets. And you know what? 
I'm going to let them enjoy it. Now, not get sick, but let them enjoy that moment. You only become a kid. You only get to be a kid for this short amount of time. Like when, you know, I know my mom, if she listens to this or my grandparents, if they're listening to this, you know, we always talk about being grown. And so you have to actually be grown till the bill comes in your name and you have to pay for it. Instead of using it as a situation to flex, like look at it for what it is. Like you really are in charge. You have things that you have to take care of. You have lives that are at stake. So I'm going to focus on what's important, spending time with them, enjoying their presence as they enjoy their present. And so I wanted to end this podcast because I know we talked about various issues, not necessarily issues. We talked about self-care. We talked about forgiving and the level of relationship with another person depends on the level of forgiveness and being coming together and whether or not that relationship will work out the same way in which it started. We talked about learning to look at different ways of self-care because again, for me, so, you know, doing my hair is self-care, taking that time out. Um, I've really been trying to dig deep into one um, learning how to take care of my hair and wearing it without being in a protective style, meaning rather in braids, um, crochet or wigs or weaves, you know, just trying to wear my natural hair out and then putting that extra energy because you can't just have your natural hair and just let it go. You know, putting that energy back into making sure that it's okay. And again, with Easter weekend, outsourcing, supporting um, women owned businesses, and just learning to just let things go the way that I want them to be run and just being open to the situation of learning how to be a little bit more efficient without really damaging myself, without working so hard, without feeling guilty, you know, all those different levels of things. But I also wanted to just end with one of my, I guess, favorite Easter memories as a kid since we are going into the Easter weekend is, you know, growing up a preacher's kid, PK, you know, we wore those, those really, really big puffy dresses, you know, to church and we sing on the choir and we sing with our family. I think one of my biggest memories of, you know, being a child in Easter time was my grandfather would make these baskets these Easter baskets and he he didn't make individual baskets he made this one basket it probably was as big as my probably about half the size of my desk so I have in my home office I have this desk it's not long long but I'm about to say maybe if you said like 30 inches that's how long this basket was when I was growing up and he made and made sure that it had enough candy now he has six children they all have children and their numbers vary from here to there. So there's a quite a few children and grandchildren, great grandchildren. And he would make these huge baskets and he had something for everyone. I don't know how he just knew or he just grabbed a bunch of things and was just making it look presentable. But whatever the case was, I remember him doing that. I remember him getting these this one big basket and having it enough for everyone. And he would refill it like he had candy on deck. Something went low, something got eaten, he would just refill it. And he did all of the cooking, except for like maybe the potato salad and the rice. My grandmother did those, but he did everything. And I just remember that hospitality. I remember that love that he that he showed us in his cooking and taking care of everyone. I mean, he is the type of person that, you know, if you need something, he's gonna, if he has it, you can have it. And he loves feeding people. It was almost like, cooking and taking care of the people was his 
way of showing other people that he loved them. That was just his love language towards other people. And so those are just like some of the memories that I hold on to when I think about and look at the memories that we're creating with our own children. These last two years have only stunted one portion of the memories. Memories don't die just because you're in the middle of a pandemic. You remember them the most. You try to hold on to them the most because you're more cognitive of the fact that you're not able to make the memories like you want to. And now you have to rely on the memories that you once had. I honestly am just grateful for those those years that my grandfather would do that. I mean, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for the pandemic, he would be doing that right now. Like that's still his thing. And he's, you know, he's aging and he's still trying to keep himself, to, you know, together and making sure that he's moving things and, and doing the things he needs to do to take care of his body. So I just wanted to share that moment. I'm sure you have a slew of your memories from when you were a kid and just celebrating Easter Um, You know, Easter is not necessarily just about Easter eggs and bunnies. Those are things that we use as symbolism. But at the end of the day, I just am so grateful to be able to have the children that I have and to make the, the memories that I'm making outsourcing, of course, but I'm grateful. I will say for the last two months, I have been racking my brain, racking my brain on what laptop. And I know that's like I'm switching totally total gears. But I say this because I have been waiting to see what laptop I was going to get. And I'm like, okay, this laptop that I have is like five years old. It's acting up. Can't even get the camera to do what it needs to do. It's like a whole level of things. And one of the things that I have been doing is just trying to get a understanding of some other bloggers or podcasters who have laptops and what they want, what they're using and all those other things. So I have made a decision and I have pulled the trigger on what it is. I don't want to say trigger because, you know, we don't want to promote that. But I will say that I have made the decision to go ahead with the laptop that I have chosen. I'm going to test it out for the first couple of days. I think you have like, what, seven days to return things. So I am going to do that and then see how I like it. Um, the biggest thing for me is to make sure that it's compatible, that it can do all the things that I need to do, that it has capabilities of storage, even if I don't plan to use it to a full extent. It has to be able to be as fast as I need it to be to look up things and type. It has to feel good on what I'm typing. I'm very particular about like handwriting with pens and I'm also the same way with keyboards. So those are types of things. And again, as a blogger and as a podcaster, it has to be able to um, safely maintain my websites and not give me any pushback or issue with that. So those are things I'm looking forward to now that I have decided what it is that I want to do. And I'm grateful that my husband, he helped me to kind of like look at the specs and things and see what it is that I needed and not just buying things because it's, you know, something that has a name brand to it. It has a title to it. That has been another form of self-care. It's just being able to say, hey, I need help. Can you get some more eyes on this? Can you give me your opinion? And not just about a laptop. There's been other occurrences this week, just this week alone, of making sure that I speak and have somebody else look into stuff for me because I don't always have to do everything. And I'm learning to let things go. And again, just as small as outsourcing these um, baskets or asking for help with, you know, purchasing of a laptop as far as looking at specs, they're all things that are going to help me in the long run. They're all things that are going to help me to be a better person, a better human and to deal with whatever may come. So 
I wish you the most amazing, amazing Easter, Easter weekend. Please continue to social distance. Do not feel as if just because you've gotten your shot that you are in a position by which you can just hang out without mask and then do whatever it is that you want to do. Be mindful of other people around you. Be mindful of the fact that like myself, there's so many of us that cannot be with our family. We cannot be with our friends. So we have to just keep that in mind as well as while we're making and doing the things that we're doing, whether people are agreement with what you're choosing to do or not, just make sure that you're in full alignment so that you don't have to go through an up and down battle um, within yourself. Because again, when we're talking about self care, just that mental part of this, and you're going back and forth trying to figure things out that just doesn't always make sense. So have a great weekend. Have an amazing Easter. Try not to eat as much candy, or I would say in, the, in my case, eat my, too much of my children's candy. I did make sure that I did put a couple of pieces in there that I would like, because again, I don't have an Easter bus basket, but I want to make sure that if I do take something out of their basket, it's going to be something that I actually would want. And um, if you're in the Philadelphia area, keep in mind on Saturday and Sunday, there is a Easter Bunny brunch, which I was able to preview um, with the news at Fox 29. And at this uh, Easter Bunny brunch is on Saturday and Sunday from nine to four. And it's at Hawthorne's Cafe. They have some of the most amazing food as well as amazing drinks. So if you are into brunching or breakfast, if you go at the nine o'clock hour in the morning, they are taking reservations online and I will be posting that on my Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Toy Time Blog. And I can be found either as Toy Time Ladies or Toy Time Blog on Facebook. But again, if you're in the Philadelphia area and you're looking for a way to have, you know, your own seclusion, you're in like a bubble that looks like a tent, you get amazing food that you choose. It's $10 per person just for the entrance. And it should be make, you know, should make for a great time. We had a blast. Um, no issues whatsoever. Everything felt safe. Everything was well done. The system in place that they had was amazing. And if you, again, want to make your Sunday brunch or even your Saturday brunch that much more special, especially if you have small children who may still be very much into the Easter bunny, or you can take someone like myself who is a kid at heart. But whatever you choose to do, make sure that you're safe. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself, drinking enough water, minding the business that pays you, and making sure that you do everything you can to ensure you're increasing your self-care, not decreasing, but increasing your self-care. Because what's so much worse and, and, and that we can get ourselves caught up into is to make sure that we do for others and not do for ourselves. So I will be with you next weekend. I have some amazing, amazing content. We're already ready to go. I wish I really could just pull the, the trigger and just continue to record and record, record. But I prefer for a lot of my podcasts if not every last one of them to have a sense of urgency to be within the week that they're scheduled and so that is where we are have an amazing easter have an amazing weekend have an amazing week for next week and we will see you again with conversations with toy next friday Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.